Hello everybody, it's Meg. Um, happy continuation of spooky summer. Um, I'm here at the very top of the episode to once again give a content warning. Uh, what we will discuss in this episode will kind of cover a lot of different topics uh, as, you know, often with spooky stuff, it's usually coming from pretty bad shit. So uh, just a content warning for um, bullying physical harm to others, self-harm and suicide and death. Um, and then also while we are talking about, you know, the days of colonization and everything, this covers like the Northeast, but mainly Rhode Island. Um, just wanted to also give a content warning that we will talk and touch upon colonization, um, the enslavement of native and African peoples, uh, and while the stories in the book that I'm going to talk about are mostly fiction, they're also rooted in a lot of Rhode Island state history and surround real places, people, events. So just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, and yes, uh, enjoy this episode. We love you. Bye. Another underwhelming cheers for for our healthy spooky summer. Welcome back to having a vodka. Wee! It's such like a good party. I feel like we all. Well, I was vodka. I was taking a, a sip. Scream it. Um, I'm Meg, and I'm Amy. <laughs> Did you forget your name? I wanted to say something fresh, but it didn't oh, come out. No, fresh. Like fresh, like a child. Like fresh. Like so like... fresh, so clean. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Like well, LL Cool J, fresh. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Well, your chance is gone, so. <laughs> You're so supportive. You're lame. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> Stop with being lame. Um, how are you? I'm good. Okay. I'm just chilling. Just yeah. enjoying the summer. I'm so happy. Mm -hmm. it, okay, so today I did say, I, before we recorded, that I told you that I went on a really good walk. Yes. I did. So I went I, on a regular walk. Oh my god. Well, it I... It was good. It was not bad. Uh, so what time did you go for your walk? Because, like, I went at peak, like, good day. I went at noon. Okay. I went at probably, like, 1, one thirty. Got home around 2.40. Very long walk. I did the whole India Point mm -hmm. loop over the bridge. Um, and I was listening to that playlist that I made, the emo... Oh, yes, yes, Spooky yes. Summer... Which is really just Fleetwood Mac, Noah Khan, and uh, Folklore and Evermore. But I listened it to Marin awesome. Morris on my walk. Oh, that's also really good. Mm -hmm. Different vibes, but good vibes. But all the same. Nonetheless. All emo. All emo. <laughs> when you're emo, Indeed. everything is emo. That's so fucking true. But it was... And like the clouds were really out to play. And it was warm. The clouds were great today. Well, the clouds were awesome. There's a little bit of a breeze, so it wasn't buggy. It's been buggy lately. Ew. We are a Weather Channel podcast. <laughs> Guys, this is all, all of our small talk, but it's very interesting to us. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I really wanted to, because I knew we were doing this topic, uh, I wanted to set myself up for like the aesthetic that I was kind of think, like it, imagining in my head. Mm -hmm. I read all this this morning, and then I went on that walk, and I was really like... Fleetwood Mac. Vibes. Willow. You know? <laughs> so I really got into it. Um, so today, this week, 
I'm going to present a little bit of information on this book that I literally bought last October for this podcast and then we never talked about. Um, I'm very much... I forgot that you bought this, to be honest with well, you. Well, because I bought it and then did not touch Like, you it. keep talking about a book and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Well, so here's my... I favorite. literally was like, I believe you. It was, <laughs> it's actually very cool. So if you guys know anything about me, I'm very much obsessed with Rhode Island. Um, I've... Duh, lived here my whole life if you guys didn't pick up on that already um so this topic is kind of like a intersection between all my love for spooky shit my love for all things like the occult and then also rhode island mm-hmm. and like new england in one <laughs> spooky love it um so i got this book it's called we are providence and it's kind of like an anthology of like fiction stories but it's all based on like it takes inspiration from actual like hauntings around Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. So the characters in these stories are characters, but the places are real. And like the one that I'm going to read, I think uh, I'm going to read excerpts of this story did have a twist that I was not expecting. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that until we get there. Okay. I literally like gasped out loud. It's a personal, it's a personal connection. Oh, that's fun. So, but like in multiple ways, and I'll, I'll explain that when we get there. So I want it. So it's called We Are Providence, Tales of Horror from the Ocean State. The cover is very cool. It is somebody wearing a cloak in it a is cemetery. <laughs> very Willow vibes. Very us. Handmaid's Tale vibes. Yeah. Very good. all of those things. If they had a baby, it'd be this book. Open grave. Yeah. Um, so also, very us, open graves. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we do... <laughs> So it's edited by Krista Carmen and L.E. Daniels. Krista Carmen is my friend Rachel's sister-in-law. Oh my god, did you know that? I don't think I knew it when I bought this book, but she also has a book coming out based on Block Island in October, and Mandy knows all about it. She wants to go. I remember she mentioned that. Yeah, so I don't think I knew that when I bought that, but I found out who she was, this Carmen person, after. Mm. Krista, not Carmen. That's her last name. You know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get into it. Let's it's very cool. It. I have a couple things that I want to kind of bring out for contextual inf- information uh, that was from the introduction. So this is like mostly like the actual real life stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to take a sip of my lip claw. Um, so the setup for why these stories seem so tangible, even though they're fiction, at least for me is because they're rooted in the social and economic story of New England, okay? So that's why I love this shit, is because, obviously, if you grow up anywhere, there's going to be, like, LOL folklore. (laughs) There's going to be folklore, urban legends, Mm -hmm. you know, local stories about the places around you. Mm -hmm. I find New England, like, spooky shit so cool because, like, you have the culture of, like, being on the coast which is spooky in itself, because, like, think about it. All of the, like, ships that have sank. <laughs> As we talked about last week. Yeah, and, Talk like, all of that, like, just, like, the opportunity for dying around here. <laughs> like, like, I love New England, because so. people die a lot. <laughs> and they haunt. And they haunt. Um, so, but, like, a lot of it is rooted in, like, just, like, the life that these the people around the coast live and I think that's very interesting that is again obviously that can be applied to anywhere in in the world also we should do an episode sometime in the future on Appalachia 
that is like my number two I don't know spot. Much about it. It's like the Appalachian Ma- Mountains, and like it's very spooky. Like lots of scary, like creatures. Ooh, like mythical creatures. Yes. Yeah. That'd be a fun thing. Um, so I did pull a quote. Hold on, it's not a full quote. I thought I wrote, I wrote it all down, and I didn't. <laughs> One second. It's on page seven. Okay. New England Gothic literature begins with the Puritans' obsession with the fall from grace. Writers in the region from Hawthorne to King have chronicled the successive failure and fall of agriculture, maritime trade, and manufacturing. Uh, In addition to more conventionally conventionally haunted houses, Rhode Island has the Ramtrail Factory, whose night watchman hanged himself from the bell rope. Thereafter, the bell would ring it by itself at midnight, and the mill wheel would revolve backwards against the current. That's spooky. So that's fucking cool. So that's what I meant by, like, the economic and social, you know, areas. Mm. Um, Rhode Island also was, like, huge for the textile industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, not only that mill was, like, a big mill, apparently, but, like, you see them all around Providence. Like, all these old mills are now being converted into like apartments Mm -hmm. businesses whatever breweries i love a good mill brewery i really do (laughs) um so i think that's really cool there's also apparently a continuation of that on page eight um in addition to its new england gothic history rhode island's small size makes it an appropriate setting for other types of gothic narratives the cluster (laughs) field this is this is what i wanted to really like hearken on because it's just so true if you live here if you've grown up here this was like a punch in the face uh the claustrophobic feeling of that everybody knows what everyone else is doing the dead weight of the past strong class divides and aristocratic scandals all remind us of english or european gothic settings it's no wonder that the gothic soap opera dark shadows which claimed to be set in maine was filmed at one of newport's gilded age mansions well you know that's my Carrie favorite mansion one. exactly i knew and i love how like it's like obviously we've never seen the show but like it was so popular my mom loved it my mom loved it too and my, my mom's like not a soap opera girly mm. like everybody loved it i think there's a huge appeal to like just like the the spookiness of like also like it's so grand like we do gotta watch that show the haunting. just to see it. I know. Oh well, I I know it's and it's like such a spooky castle, like even out of all the ones in Newport, it's like this one just looks spooky. There's an air about it. Mm-hmm. I know we, we and we've talked about it at length. We really should go. I want to like actually read through I don't this think entire we can book. Go. <laughs> well, it's just like we a, could go stand outside. <laughs> I know. Well, you know I do, but they really Same. you can't see in there anymore. I know it's residents. Um, a good quote about horror being a fundamental element of the state is on page two. <laughs> I wrote that in my notes, and here are all... I, guys, I really came prepared. I tabbed everything. <laughs> you hear the sound. Yeah. We're going to do an this ASMR. Is, this is like a book ASMR one. <laughs> um, okay. Hold on. Page two of the intro. The state's gothic... The state's gothic history provides an ideal medium for the cultivation of weird fiction. Because Rhode Island had provided sanctuary from persecution to the Quakers, Jews, and schematics, schis, schismatics, that's a new word mm. that I learned, uh, such as Anne Hutchinson, the first governor of the, ba- the Massachusetts Bay Colony, John Winthrop, believe, Winthrop? Winthrop? Winthrop. I think they're both correct. 
let me fucking take all of that again. I fucked up like five <laughs> times. The state's gothic history provides an ideal medium for the cultivation of weird fiction. Because Rhode Island has provided sanctuary from persecution to Quakers, Jews, and schematics such as Anne Hutchinson, the first governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, John Winthrop, believed that the devil was especially active around the city named for God's providence. I a love lot of people. <laughs> the way I take it more as a joke of just like, people are scared of it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's so, and this introduction itself, like in full, very interesting. Just the mm-hmm. way they lay out like the scenery of Rhode Island and how. It's also very well worded. Well, I agree. Um, so, also, something that I really do love about Rhode Island is that we kind of like invented religious freedom a little bit. Uh, it was one of the first states that <laughs> really emphasized it and made it a safe haven for people like the Quakers, the, um, the Puritans, right? Yeah. Or no, not the Puritans. Puritans were fucking Massachusetts. Yes. Um, but Jews, like Salem. one of my favorite things, one of my favorite places in Newport, but also Rhode Island is the Toro, like museum, the Toro synagogue. Mm-hmm. It is the oldest synagogue in the country. And they have a great exhibit on just like the synagogue's history, its significance. George Washington delivered a speech there. Uh, it is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I find that so fascinating that like this state was so like the number one advocate in the colonies for mm-hmm. religious freedom. I mean, like obviously take that with a grain of salt because. Because now we're in modern day. <laughs> well, because we also colonized native land. So, like, you know what I mean? But, like, at the same time, the, like, what amendment is religious freedom? I don't fucking know. But it's interesting. And it's it's good that Rhode Island, that's Rhode Island's legacy is basically what I'm saying. Very cool. Go to the Taurus Synagogue. I think it's the First Amendment. Is it? I thought that was freedom to speech. I think there's, like, four in the, It's, like, freedom to speech. Sure. Free, isn't that all in one? Sure. The second one is like guns. The first <laughs> one, I think it's like freedom of speech, freedom of... I think it's in one. Okay. We'll, re- we'll do our research. You know what? I learned it once. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> and it just didn't... Let's it, watch National Treasure again. Because yes. it's definitely in there. It's definitely <laughs> National Treasure. Big fan. Oh, also, I didn't I didn't write this down in my notes. Also, but if you guys don't know, we're big like Nicolas Cage girlies. Oh, huge. <laughs> I have a whole... I have a pillow with his face on it. Yeah. This is also funny. I didn't write this down, but it is LOL. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to say it. Oh, gatekeep it. I'm gatekeeping. Um, so that quote made me realize that I really don't know the definition of the word providence. I was like, God's providence. The fuck? Uh, so providence is named after that word. According to Oxford languages, <laughs> providence is defined by the protective care of God or of nature as a spiritual power. I think it's pretty cool. That's so interesting. It's also interesting the concept it's like God, that like Rhode Island power. is like <laughs> free, like religious f- freedom, freedom of religion. I feel I was gonna say like religious free, but, <laughs> but yet like they still like choose names like that. Well, exactly. that are very religious. Yeah. Well, I think I don't know. I'll maybe someday I'll do research into like why they choose they chose that as the name. That's always how I viewed when I learned I about that. Know. That's always how I viewed it because I'm like, yeah, right. It was like religious freedom, but it still was like pretty heavily. Oh, well, exactly. <laughs> oh, this is like a super Catholic state now. <laughs> like, yeah, very very Catholic now. 
But also, well, I don't know. I'm speaking out of my ass. So, but the whole name of our state, which they just changed like a year ago, because it was up for a vote. Like, do you, you really want to keep this? Was uh, Rhode Island, the state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. Oh, the Providence Plantations part was a little, you know, sus these days because why are you including plantations? You know what I mean? Was it a plantation? It was. Yes, a, it was. It was a huge thing in the in the sugarcane trade. Oh, I didn't know. And that. that's how Newport was a huge hub for the slave trade mm. and rum. Well, well sugar so cane. was Plymouth too. There you go. Uh, guys, have Plymouth. <laughs> I love it so much. But isn't this interesting? It is. It's wicked interesting. Um. This is also very cool. I didn't write down, I wrote down the quote and I didn't write down what page it's on. But, uh, the very trees are haunted by memories of slaughter. In South County, native storytellers say that spruce trees grow where a drop of Narragansett blood was shed. When one settler decided to cut down every spruce on his 500 acres of native land because they haunted him, the curse fell on him and he died. <laughs> so... I think that's really cool. I love how it's also, like, just South County. They don't actually tell us where it is. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, I mean, does, like, a tree fall on It's him? probably Narragansett, because the Narragansett people were there. Yeah. Well, I remember in the Newport Ghost Tour, too, they talked about, like, the trees that they hung people on. Ugh. That's so awful. But I, like, I, that was very spooky vibes to me. Like, mm-hmm. just thinking about, I don't know. That's very cool. That is cool. So... Also, apparently Rhode Island has such a... (laughs) This is funny. Apparently Rhode Island had such a spooky reputation back in the day that Puritans in Massachusetts nicknamed it Rogue Island instead of Rhode Island. Which is funny because now that's... Wait, can we bring it back? Oh, can we just be like it's our... Rogue Island because we're rogues. (laughs) It is a brewery now. That actually would be... I was going to say, it sounds familiar. They have excellent fucking beer. Um, It's in... We should uh, say it Portsmouth. just about ourselves. Sure. You guys, because where are you from? Rogue Island. You know, Rhode Island, you know, the Rogue Island. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was the, that was ASMR, guys. Um, actually, I'll just read this full quote since I just pulled off that, that tab. Rogue's Island, the mocking name bestowed by Puritan Massachusetts, had no witch trials, but that doesn't mean there were no witches. <laughs> it's, it's like... Puritans are making fun. Well, I, it was. That's actually which is funny like to say. bold like, of the Puritans to make fun of people. That's not very godly. They're like you, you guys clearly have witches because girls live there. Because <laughs> Anne Hutchinson is there because we threw her out and she was definitely a witch. <laughs> um, so we had no witch trials, but that doesn't mean we didn't have any witches. Among the more legendary ones were Westerly's Granny Mott who transformed herself into the leader of a flock of heath hens to attack some children who had attempted to use counter magic against her. That's funny. <laughs> their, their father loaded... Hearing about, like, like, when we talk about witchcrafts and, like, spells, it is cool, but then when you really read the history of it, it is, like, hilarious. What? Yeah, and, exactly. Like, it's sad, but it's like, what the fuck? I know, it's just, like, the most... It is very rogue, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, not not a bad nickname, the Puritans. I know I just talked a lot of shit, but you kind of got it right on the right on the coin. Um, speaking of coins, their father loaded his rifle with a silver coin and shot the hen. Granny Mott was found dead with a silver coin on her forehead. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. Another unnamed witch in the 18th century Exeter in 18th century Exeter was destroyed by a silver bullet while in the shape of a cat. 
Rhode Island was home to fortune tellers, prognosticators, that's not a word, I read that wrong. <laughs> prognosticators. Pro prognosticators? Prognosticators. I don't, we're gonna look that up. I don't know what it is. And mediums. <laughs> Rhode Island captains engaged in the slave trade were particularly dependent on such otherworldly guidance. So, there you go. <laughs> the captains in the slave trade needed their witches. Yeah. Ugh. So, yeah. So, it's religious free, but we were still doing stuff. Exactly. So, with all that context there, basically this place was crazy, spooky, and wild. Um, and one of the most... And, and one of the things that I did not really mention, it's it's mentioned in the uh, introduction, but not too deeply. And that's what I thought this story was going to be about. Have you ever heard of Mercy Brown? I don't think so. Okay. Sometimes things come to me later. So, in Exeter... Actually, let me back up. So, in the 18-whatevers, like the 1870s, consumption, which is TB, tuberculosis, was mm -hmm. like all the rage, basically. <laughs> that I, I knew. Everybody was getting it. Everybody was dying from it. That's the whole story. But what people in, what basically mystical people, like mystics in like the woods of Rhode Island, so like in Exeter especially, would do to combat TB mm -hmm. was when one of their family members died of the disease, they would, after they were buried, if you, they believed that if you still had like blood in your body after you died, then you could spread the disease still, if, even if you were dead. Doesn't make any sense, but that's what they believed. So, th so they would exhume their family members' bodies, take all their organs out, burn the organs, and then rebury them. And this is where, like, the legend of vampires comes from. <laughs> that makes sense, though. Vampires in New England, I should say. Not like vampires. Well, obviously vampires existed before. <laughs> I meant, like... Obviously vampires <laughs> I meant, like, you know what I mean. But, so... That is all to say, Mercy Brown was one of the last people to be exhumed. Mm -hmm. And the whole legend is that she's still, like haunts the graveyard that she's buried in and every Halloween and you'll hear it in the story mm -hmm. every Halloween they have police officers patrol that area because people will seek out her grave and like not vandalize it but like try so to find try to see her because giving Halloween because apparently people no, have seen Salem. Mercy Brown and not to bring up beer for like the 50th time but a brewery I don't remember which one it is but they made a really good Mercy Brown inspired beer that's cute I've had it. It's very good. But, and we have some sort of home video where I think it was for actually for like a school project, but my brother filmed him and his friends like driving down one of, because I grew up in West Greenwich, which is basically Exeter, but like even more remote in my mind. And I think he might have gone to the, the cemetery where Mercy Brown is buried. I just don't really know because they never actually show up anywhere. It's just a video of like, it's very eerie because mm -hmm. it's just a video of like headlights on a, a old back road that seems to be never ending. And you can just hear like 
teenage boys talking. Okay. Which is always scary. I know, it's like a found footage horror movie. Um, oh, God. But it's like five minutes of that and then nothing else. Just waiting for the jump scare. But I think, and I'm just going to have to ask my brother if he ever did yeah, that. Yeah, you should. I should ask any of my... I'm, I'll, you know what? If we need to take a, a break, I'm going to text my family and be like, does anybody have any good Mercy Brown stories? Because um, that's where we grew up. And that's, you know, I've heard that name my whole life. So mm-hmm. I am going to read um, some excerpts of one of Krista's stories that's included in here. So she was an editor on this whole anthology, but she also submitted a short story for the anthology. So it's very good. Um, like I said, there is a twist that I did not see coming personally just because all of a sudden it, you'll see what I mean. But again, I chose this one initially because I was like, oh, haha, it's Exeter. It's kind of like where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with like yeah. the story, whatever. It's like a, a sort of like a retelling. It, it does get pretty dark at some points. I'm not going to read the very end because it's actually very sad. <laughs> uh, but here we go. Okay. So it's called... Testing a Horrible Superstition by Krista Carmen. That, that just sounds like it won't be good. It's going to end bad. Well, I just told you it's going to end bad. <laughs> okay. So it starts out pretty dark, too. The pine needles bit into her cheek like teeth. They're sharp, <laughs> stinging. So don't let me make jokes all the time, because just in one <laughs> sentence, you know me and scary stuff. I'll be like, like vampires. <laughs> no, please make your little comments, because like, otherwise it's just going to be me like stumbling over my words for 20 minutes. The pine be- wow. The pine needles bit into her cheek like teeth. I have to take a sip of my white claw. Their sharp, stinging barbs were as painful as the blows raining down on the backs of her legs. Louise Bell gritted her teeth and tried to concentrate on the woodsy smell. The smell of Christmas. The smell of home. Vampire freak Celeste Murphy shrieked <laughs> shrieked from somewhere above her. Whack. She brought the branch down onto Louise's left hamstring, hamstring, and Louise screamed into the dirt. Pale-skinned weirdo, another voice shouted. It might have been Megan Fitzgerald. Megan spelt incorrectly. Whack. Another branch. Another blow. Louise clutched Mercy, her small cloth doll, in her hands and felt the black yarn hair and the spidery web lace that trimmed her dress. She ran a finger over Mercy's tiny teeth, stitched into perfect chip chip nope perfect points (laughs) it occurred to louise that another child might blame their mother for this ongoing victimization miriam bell had brought bought louise the doll and allowed her love of vampires and scary stories to grow unchecked but considering something that i should say that a lot too allowed it to go unchecked (laughs) i feel like that would be a really good way to just like explain weird habits we have that like it's going unchecked yeah (laughs) yeah it's just we're just allowing it to go unchecked (laughs) that's a good suggestion i'm down but considering something that unfair even momentarily hurt worse than the thick branches wielded by celeste and her friends louise's mother was the only person in the world who accepted louise for who she was it wasn't her fault that louise's eighth grade classmates saw anything outside of the kardashians and tiktok is worthy of scorn (laughs) Like, damn. Call them dumb. Is this not an old book? No. Where was this book? Huh? Where did this book come I think, out? like, 2018, maybe. No, 2022. Hearing I TikTok, totally Hearing TikTok in a book is like, what? what? That's, <laughs> like, this jump scare. This is not an old book. <laughs> Me just assuming. No, 2022. Um, 
Who are you bringing to the dance Friday, vampire freak? <laughs> Celeste taunted. The blows ceased. Louise rolled onto her side in time to see Celeste hold out her arms in a hammer era impression of the undead. Dracula? Megan and the Russo twins cackled. There was no sense in crafting a witty retort. Louise would never have the courage to say it. She hugged Mercy to her chest and closed her eyes. Go away. You're done with me now. Please just go away. For a heartbeat, Louise thought she might have been that lucky. That Celeste and the others indeed were going away. But when she opened her eyes, the beautiful strawberry blonde green-eyed track star who'd been tor tormenting her since September was crouched six inches from her face. Listen to me, you little freak. <laughs> Which is so... It sucks. And it's just like a First tall, all, beautiful blonde girl yelling at you. <laughs> I hate it. The yeah. vibes are feral. Also, eighth grade... First of all, people can be so fucking vicious no matter their age. Eighth graders are fucking scary. <laughs> I just have to throw that out there. But also, like, how are you that mean when you've lived such a short life? You know? Yeah, like, who hurt you? Yeah, who hurt you, Celeste? Who's so You're literally who, beautiful and your name is Celeste. You don't even know what a freak is, Celeste. <laughs> you have not live in the world, it. and then we can really talk about <laughs> You freaks. live in Rhode Island, yeah. Celeste. <laughs> Come on. Trust me, there's some freaks out there, and I don't think it's in this, this mm -mm. town. <laughs> nope. Okay, so listen to me, you little freak. <laughs> Celeste growled. Gee. I know, she yeah. Like, I like that's, Where does all of the, like, animosity come from? Let's growl. The scholastic writing competition that I got third place in? I know you only won because of your mother. And I know the only reason Cameron talks to you in English class is because he's stupid enough to think that you actually wrote your own story. Wait. I know. Yeah, I only won because of your mother. I'd be like, yeah, my mom taught me how to read. <laughs> yeah. It's not my fault, my mom. I know how to spell. <laughs> like, it's rigged. Literally. Like, you spelled wrong. Oh, my God. I also know that you have some psychotic delusion. He's going to ask you to the dance. So I told him about your little obsession with graveyards. I told him you'd get more pleasure out of screwing his corpse than you would at any school dance. What? This you, girl's a freak. We gotta really turn the, turn the tables around. That is such a good argument. Like, seriously. I, it makes me want to go back in time and just be really mean to the people who are mean to, like, the people around me and me. Just, like, up the ante and just be like, you want to see a fucking freak? I'll show you a fucking freak, bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then do something freak, bitch. <laughs> There was a pause, and then Celeste yelled and smacked the dirt in front of Louise's face. She always had Celeste to... Celeste possessed. Because she That's really sounds saying. very, like, not okay. Yeah, super aggressive for no check reason. On that girl. Also, like, if you hate this girl so much, why does it seem like you're jealous? You know what I mean? Yeah, why are you talking to her? Yeah. If she's such a freak. Celeste, write her a little bit better. Will, like, rub off on you. I bet she probably has a crush on her. <laughs> she thinks it's just a lesbian Us crush. making everything gay. <laughs> Love it. Honestly, though, that I can stand behind. Uh, she always had to deliver one final insult, one final scare. Louise recoiled and, to her horror, but not to her surprise, started crying. The tears that fell were fat, blinding, and loud, as if she were three, not thirteen. Louise what? sobbed. <laughs> like, you know, she started sobbing. I know, but like, what? <laughs> people just also call your tears fat. Like, just come for them. Oh, more. I always call my tears fat when I'm really sad because they're huge. Oh my god. You I know just, what I mean? Mine just, I feel like they look the They're same. always the same size. <laughs> I kind of feel like Must they be are. nice. I always, like... In my mind, when I'm really crying, I'm like, these are fat fucking tears. Oh my <laughs> God. I've never thought of that. 
Oh, I do. Uh, Louise sobbed and clutched her doll and wished for the comfort of her mother, all the while knowing these precise behaviors made her Celeste Murphy's favorite target. That made her the favorite target of anyone like Celeste Murphy. Anyone who wasn't a weird, pale-skinned vampire freak. Closet Any lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Anyone normal. <laughs> There's two sides of that spectrum. I really, you know what? I'm really buying the fact that she has a crush on her because it does sound like that. Well, listen, I feel like that's where most bullying starts. Mm-hmm. If it's not like some other cataclysmic, wow, let's forget I even said that word. Cataclysmic, like childhood event, it's probably some internalized homophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, as had happened with the last three attacks, Louise lost track of time after the girls threw down their branches and ran off. When she, that also, that's so like physically aggressive to beat somebody. When you're, like, a 13-year-old girl. That's, like, psychotic. Yeah. Like, harming. I am so sorry to anybody who got actually physically beat up in school. Like, that's so traumatic and awful. When, like, a girl hit... Usually, like, girls don't do that I know. Girls are, like, psychological warfare. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It gets better. It does get a lot better. But this is so... Like, when I was reading this this morning, I was, like, kind of, like, sitting there, like, slack-jawed. Like, oh, my God. Like, beat her up with branches. The way I forgot this was a spooky story. Because (laughs) it really is just, like, this alone. I know. Okay. When she finally pushed herself into a sitting position, the woods were dark, and the only sound was the spring peepers coursing from budding branches. Louise climbed to her feet and started home. She didn't mind the dark. The woods at night were comforting. The tall, endless trees held her in their arms the way she held her doll, and the trees would continue to hold her until she got home to the safety of her mother. Except, when she pushed open the front door of her house, Louise remembered that it was Thursday, and her mother would be out at her weekly dinner and writing date with her oldest friend. My mom also does that on Thursdays. That's so fucking cute! Oh my god, that's like our Mondays. Yeah, <laughs> she does. Every Thursday, she's like, I'm going Instead of writing, we just fucking talk about spooky shit. (laughs) Louise had to tend to her injuries alone. She limped up the stairs to the bathroom and pulled the first aid kit from under the sink. The tube of of lipstick atop the vanity sparked a pang of longing for her mother. You're not just a freak, you're a baby. No wonder Celeste and the others never tire of making your life a living hell. Do you even want mom to see you like this? The last time, the pain, no, the pity in her eyes was almost too much to bear. Hydrogen peroxide took care of the scrapes, but there wasn't too there wasn't much to do for the blooms black and purple already unfurling along her legs and lower back. Oh, she was so, so aggressively. Be- I like I, we read about it, but it, it is like if you're coming home with like bruises, bruises and blood on you, wild, wild. Uh, Louise had to settle for the showering. No, Louise had to settle for showering the dirt and pine needles from her hair. She tried, too, to remove a a smear of blood from Mercy's delicate cloth neck, but dabbing at the stain only made it worse. When Louise was clean, and it didn't hurt quite so much to inhale, yikes, (laughs) she padded down the hall to her bedroom, donned a pair of her mother's old black leggings and a stretched-out ballet sweater, and climbed onto her bed. Louise's laptop... Someone needs to go come for this other little bitch. Literally. (laughs) This girl needs a... a... severe talking to. She needs to. to be, like, taken out of school and yeah. put into, like, military <laughs> yeah. school or whatever. For real. Louise's laptop was a hand-me-down, but Miriam Bell's status as a best-selling author meant that even her discarded laptops were sleek and swift. 
With the Hotelier's new album streaming in the background, Louise signed into her social media accounts and checked for new activity on her message boards, which also, that just gives MySpace, does it not? Well, we're in, we're in the TikTok era. No, I know, but like message boards, mm. like looking for new notifications so when you log what in. what website is she on? She's on Facebook. We'll, we'll get there. Oh. <laughs> Me just assuming. Well, not. I just like when it's I read like that there's earlier. another social media platform. I know. Well, I don't know. Okay, so anyway, she's blah, blah, blah. She followed several Vampire Hunter websites, but her favorite belonged to folklorist Jonathan Scant. Louise loved that she and the leading researcher of New England exhumation sites and purported vampire graves shared a home state. See, this is where I get, like, into my spooky bitch era. Mm -hmm. I love it. Because, like, I would love that, too. <laughs> well, it is interesting. I know. I don't know what's up with that other girl. Ugh, we'll find out. Also, why does she care so because she's I, well, well actually we, with her. we honestly never find out why she cares so much but like it gets oh, we're gonna get there scant traveled across rhode island visiting historical societies and descending into the bowels of the oldest libraries and churches searching for reports of offending corpses or for uh, records requesting <laughs> also that comment where she was like I told him that you would want to fuck his dead body. That's so fucked up. Also, hopefully he didn't, like, listen to her. Because, like... I don't know that. Yeah, because how, like, traumatizing is that to even just hear that somebody else told the boy you have a crush on that you want to do that. That's fucked up. It's, like, unbelievable, though. I know. Okay. Uh, or records requesting permission to exhume family members. If the trail... See what I explained earlier... If the trail beyond those records stayed warm, Scant might end up live-streaming from yet another archaic Rhode Island cemetery, explaining how Sarah Ting uh, Tillinghast or Nellie Vaughn had been dug up and had her organs burned on a nearby pyre as he knelt by, uh, beside a gravestone made near illegible by lichen growth and sandstone flakes. I love it. I love the imagery. Okay. Scant had been featured in everything from Smithsonian uh, articles to Netflix documentaries, but it was his book, Rest for the Buried, On the Hunt for New England's Nosferatu, which boasted in-depth information and actual sources of local legends. Louise had read Rest for the Buried six times, not recounting rereads of her favorite chapters, which is so giving middle school girl. Did you ever do that? I totally did that. No. Oh. I well, read my... I am very dyslexic, so I didn't oh, really right. do much of that. That's true. I mean, like, mine wasn't as interesting. Mine were the click books, but I reread them, like, eight times each. <laughs> so. I did read the click books. I do love the click books. Yeah. See, that, that I'm not as, like... I, at least at the time, I was not into, like, horror stuff as much as, as I am now. But I would definitely do shit like that. I feel like that's very much... It's giving... I definitely got into spooky things in middle school. Yeah. I know that. Because that's when I first started watching, like, The Haunting and, like, yeah. Ghost Hunters. Well, I I feel I really do attribute all of, like, my fondness for stuff like this to Disney Channel original movies. A hundred percent. Halloween Town, all the time. Don't well, Look Under the Bed. Too. I used to beg my mom to let me watch Don't Look Under the Bed. And she was like, no, it's too scary. It's actually a very boring movie. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was the never one of my top faves. The beginning is good. It really drops off towards the middle. Yeah, and then picks I, back up at the end. I've seen it, but I don't really remember it. But yes, Halloween. It's mid. Um, yeah, Halloween. Well, I liked um, 100%. What was it called? The Haunting of the Megaplex. <gasps> Me too. That's, yes. See, that was amazing. Hmm. 
Scant had posted recently on Facebook that he'd sent the book's sequel off to his editor, but Louise hadn't heard any publishing news since. Three days ago, however, Scant had asked his followers to stay tuned for an exciting discovery. Louise had a map on her wall with little red dots pinpointing the 86 locations across New England Scant had confirmed as hosting exhumations, rituals meant to discourage uh, tuberculosis victims from visiting and feasting on their still living loved ones. Okay, so I kind of, I, I think historically, the whole reason why the exhumations, which is a very difficult word to say, by the way, mm-hmm. were happening was to stop the spread of tuberculosis, but then, like, it got carried away and, like... But, like, they didn't understand tuberculosis. Exactly. So, like, it turned into, like, oh, the dead is going to come and get you if you don't take out all their organs and yeah. burn them. So, that's what I was talking about earlier. Um, Louise had hoped Scant's news was the announcement of a new exhumation uh, location in Rhode Island. Also, just, like, this is so, like, hyperfixation middle school. Like, I get her. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't get Celeste. She's very rude. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't do this, but, like... Oh, I did shit like this. Actually, I didn't have a map because my mom would not let me put that on the wall. (laughs) No, I didn't do maps. But I did other things. Yeah. Well, just, like, weird... It's weird core. It's weird preteen core. Mm-hmm. Um, as she waited for her Facebook feed to refresh, Louise turned on turned her attention to her doll. Jonathan Scant was not the only author who had built his career on stories of New England vampires. Louise's mother had gifted Louise the Mercy doll after the commercial and critical su- uh, success of her debut novel, pitched as a dark historical fiction featuring the final tuberculosis victim to be exhumed, in the name of vampirism, reimagined as a precocious young scientist who discovers the cure for the same disease. Readers had devoured the tale of Mercy Brown. Knowing devoured. Liz. I know, that is kind of funny. <laughs> There's a couple puns, like, layered in here. Mm. There's another one that I forgot about, but um, I actually thought while I was reading it, like, it wasn't that one. It was another one where I was like, Amy is going to laugh at that. We'll see if it, we stumble upon it. Um, readers had devoured the tale of Mercy Brown, New England's last vampire, and Louise had been right there with them. Her mother had moved onto new topics, gothic mansions along the block, the coast of Block Island. So literally the next book of mm-hmm. this author, which is very funny. Uh, the romance between Sarah Helen Whitman and Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, which apparently happened in the east side of Providence, which oh, is wow. crazy. That's so fun. Edgar Allan Poe ended up dying and then Sarah Helen Whitman, which I think... His home is so haunted. Oh, always. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I think he was haunted. <laughs> he was that's what they. Well, that's part of the story. Oh, is like, it we was... a tortured artist. It was like, it was haunted before he lived there. Damn. Um, so, yeah, that happened, like, five minutes from where I live. Uh, but, Lu- uh, but Louise had caught vampire fever. And not just the... And not those ridiculous pop culture vampires either. The shimmery Cullen family from the Twilight series definitely didn't count. That one. <laughs> that one popular one. <laughs> oh, I wonder how she feels about the Vampire Diaries, because I love that show. <laughs> Louise knew how tuberculosis was transmitted from one person to, a, to another, and that drinking the ashes of a deceased loved one's internal organs wouldn't cure the disease. I would hope so. Uh, she knew, too, that Mercy Brown wasn't actually a vampire. But she had been to... Wait, hold on. 
but she had to have been special. Why else would the Exeter Police Department have to deploy officers to the site of her grave every Halloween, 125 years later, to deter locals and legend trippers alike from performing seances and making off with her headstone? So I do guess that, like, uh, vandalism is probably mm-hmm. very much at the forefront of people's minds. Uh, the passage of... <laughs> Which is the wrong thing to have at the forefront of your mind, by Especially the way. with, like, if it is an actual vampire, you're risking death. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. That's stupid. <laughs> Me just Garlic be like... cloves up the nose. <laughs> That's what they say to do. <laughs> that has to be the episode. <laughs> I've never heard that, but that is brilliant. Uh, That's what they say. That's the most effective way. I, oh, also, Mom State with a Vampire, another good decom. That, yeah, you that's know what? A, I think I thought of it, one. but I didn't think of the name of it. Oh, see, all of these movies are the reason the why. The part where it's shit. like, I think they're at the restaurant and there's like a mirror, and then like yes. he's not in the mirror. He's <laughs> also like such a handsome man. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, well, that was the original Edward Cullen. True. Well, I guess the original Edward Cullen was like Dracula. Which we, we could do a really fun story on that, too, because I was a real person. It was a real person. Yes, yeah, so and my mom, like, knew the family. Isn't it? What? Yeah, because their family, <laughs> like, they like are ascendants or something. I'd have to ask oh. her, but she, like, knew, knew the I thought Dracula was based off of Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the total story. I don't remember. But I know that some of the distant relatives Guys, if live you in know Dracula, <laughs> If you know Dracula, write in. Passage of time transformed Mercy from maiden to monster, but Mercy Brown had something few humans ever acquired, power, both the power of legend and of longevity, the power to transcend cruel townspeople and a crueler world to become a story passed down from generation to generation. Sure, she accomplished this after death, but maybe that was the way to do it. Maybe that was what gave, (laughs) this is it. Maybe that's what gave one story teeth. (laughs) That's the pun. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Louise couldn't imagine having that type of power where one's name endured beyond those who had sought to silence you in life. She imagined it to be a salve on a particularly nasty wound. Louise had stitched a thick, warm cloak out of the thought that despite her own powerlessness, she would find agency and purpose in death. In the cloak. (laughs) In the cloak. She shrugged into this cloak now as she clutched Mercy to her still aching chest and checked Jonathan Scant's timeline. The latest post was still the one foreshadowing an exciting discovery. Louise, her mother's voice floated up the stairs. Up here. I ordered your favorite sandwich from the barley before I left. It's still warm. Louise hadn't realized she was hungry until now. Gingerly, she slid off the bed. The mirror above her shelf of classics... Carmilla, Salem's Lot, and the like, showed no signs of her confrontation with Celeste, so she straightened the hem of her sweater and headed for the stairs. Mom had already had her sandwich on a plate and was shaking potato chips out of a bag. She set the whole thing down on the table, sat, and then looked at Louise. The second their eyes met, Mom's eyes went wide. Louise, she said, and her voice was thick. My love, are you okay? Kind of cringe, honestly. A little bit. I'd be like, what happened to you? Yeah. Ask like a normal person. Uh, Louise managed to sit without wincing and inspected her sandwich. What do you mean? (laughs) Her nonchalance sounded forced, even to her. I'm not good at reading quotes, guys. I'm just going to make it all silly. Sweetheart, not again. Come here. Let me see you. Louise didn't move, and mom smacked to the side of the table. Yikes. 
she knew who mom was angry with and it wasn't her. That's it, mom continued. I know you don't want me to get the school involved, but I'm demanding a meeting with that girl's parents. This has to stop. She has to help be held accountable for what she's doing to you. True. So the mom is good. Yeah. Well, the mom's actually really well, good. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, yes. <laughs> I know, but like imagine. It'd be like a whole different awful thing. Like, exactly. But I feel like that does happen very often where like kids are bullied at school and then they go to home to parents who like just like don't give a fuck. Oh, my mom gave a fuck. Ugh. I hope everybody's moms gave a fuck out there. Love you guys. All right. Anyway. And if they didn't, we give a fuck. We give a fuck. We love you guys. Um, Mom, please don't. That will only make things worse. Louise forced a smile. It's fine. She didn't do anything but call me stupid names. Vampire freak. Pale skinned weirdo. You know, the usual uninspired cliches, which I can all but guarantee is why her submission to the Scholastic got third. <laughs> Listen, if a, again, 13 year old, if I was their mother and a 13 year old spoke to me like that, I'd be like, whoa, you're smart. Please, like, stop. (laughs) You're making me feel crazy. Um, She only cared about the contest in the first place because she knew I was sending something in. Her mother... she's in love with me. (laughs) She's so self-aware. I would, like... I feel like if I could go back in time and I was in her shoes, I'd be like, what, are you in love with me or something? (laughs) Yeah, like, I would be like... Come on, Celeste, you have beautiful eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Her mother sighed, but Louise saw her attempt at humor had its intended effect. For now, mom would refrain from calling school, but that wouldn't be the case if she caught sight of the bruises. All right, well, she maybe is not the best mom. I know, yeah. I would be like, stand up. You're not supposed to, like, (laughs) listen to your kid. (laughs) Seriously. As it was, mom said, why is your cheek scratched? I went home through the woods <laughs> to avoid running into them again and walked under some hanging briars. But I would be she like, was hanging. shit. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But she was beating me with a stick. So <laughs> mom pursed her lips. Seriously, I'm fine. Louise took a big bite of her sandwich. Mom didn't look uh, convinced. All right, she said after a moment. God, like holding on by it. I know, seriously. All right, she said after a moment, but I'll go out and shut the coop for you tonight. You sit and enjoy your dinner. It's okay, Louise said. I can do it. I'll go right out after I finish. She shoved a few chips between the bread and took another bite. For crunch. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) One decision made, right? (laughs) Yeah. See, she has a great personality. She, uh, She's going to persevere. Louise nodded. Well, when you're done, why don't we snuggle up on the couch and watch a movie? Your pick. On a school night? Mom raised an eyebrow mischievously. She's why like, what, not? you can't snuggle with those bruises on your leg? <laughs> I feel like that's what, like, where my brain would go. <laughs> I can't snuggle, Mom. I'm sorry. I can't even sit. Why not? Tomorrow's Friday, and I want to spend time with the coolest, smartest girl I know. You don't have to do that. Do what? Try to make me feel better. Yes, I do. I love you, and I want you to remember that there's more out there for you than this silly little town and the small-minded people in it. And then in italics underneath there, is there? (laughs) Or will it just be more of the same? Isn't that why we've never moved? I know, Mom. You tell me all the time. Well, it's the truth. Louise felt Mom's eyes on her, scrutinizing her face, looking for something she'd missed. She squirmed, pushed the last bite of her sandwich across the plate, and stood. I go, I'll go close up the coop now. I'll get changed and meet you in the living room. The way I'm stressed about her going out to the coop. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be okay. Uh, Louise pulled on her worn Converse sneakers and slipped 
back into the crisp spring night. The chicken poop. The chicken poop. <laughs> the chicken poop. <laughs> the chicken coop was tucked into the back corner of the yard, and there was just enough illumination from the moon and the porch floodlight to see the hanging dome of the waterer, the pine chips scratched into tiny mounts by clawed and scaly feet. She opened the latch, duck, uh, ducked inside, and shut the door from the run to the coop. She grabbed the waterer, relatched the run, and then opened the coop to remove the feeder. I never knew any of this shit about chickens before I read this today. <laughs> like, all this, like all these words. Feed them. Well, yeah. Um, but it is very, when I was reading this, I was like, it's very woodsy. It's very Exeter core, right? You know? Very Exeter core. Mm-hmm. Do they have a lot of chickens? Tons. There you lots go. of lots of people have like small farms and farm animals and, and chickens and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like all I did growing up was like go to petting zoos and like sh- like trips with the library to go to small farms. That's fun. And like I have this great photo of me actually as a kid holding a chicken. I've never held a chicken since. <laughs> but I feel like like you either do or you don't, you know, after that. It's a real 50-50 thing. I look happy in the picture, but I don't think I was. Uh, but anyway, before she closed the coop, however, she sensed the feathered bodies above her were taking up less space than usual on the roosting bar. She counted. One, two, three, four. One missing. Uh-oh. She closed the coop and reopened the run. The coop was raised a foot off the ground to extend the amount of space the chickens had to move around during the day. She appeared beneath the structure and her stomach dropped. She found the fifth chicken, Brownie, the largest of the flock. She was hunched in the corner, unmoving. The glossy chestnut red feathers did not rise and fall. Louise reached for her, but the angle of the door and the height of the space between the coop rendered her efforts fruitless. Louise retreated, slammed the, uh, the run clothes, and ran for the house. Mom held her on the couch as she sobbed for the second time that day. The chicken died. <laughs> Just so you know. What an awful day. Yeah, what a fucking terrible but day. But please tell your mom about the bruises. <laughs> like, don't <laughs> let this, like, overshadow the fact that you're getting... Yeah, that you got beat up. Literally. For no reason. For all the, all the time. And it's awful. It's so... But, like, also, fun fact... The state bird of Rhode Island is the Rhode Island red, which is a hen. So, Ooh. very Rhode Islandy. Um, R.I.P. Brownie. <laughs> anyway, the chickens had started out as her mother's way to write, to write more realistically about a topic that came up often while working on a novel set in the late eighteen hundreds. But like so many of her mother's hobbies, Louise had adopted the birds as her own. The death of a large, amicable hen filled her with futility. That's such, like, a beautiful way to write. Mm -hmm. The chicken died and she was sad. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. that's... What a beautiful way to put it. But it was also a good excuse to gain the comfort she craved, but didn't dare seek earlier. She leaned into her mother's chest as she stroked her face and hair. I'll go out and get her, honey, Mom said. Put her in a rucksack in the garage so we can bury her tomorrow. Louise shook her head and wiped her eyes. No, it'd be impossible to get her out without a shovel and she's away from the others already. I'd rather take her out in the morning so we don't so we don't slice her feet or break off any of her feathers. <laughs> Yikes. Mom planted a long, hard kiss on her forehead. In that case, let's start our movie and we'll take your mind off things. Louise sniffled again. Her head ached. The backs of her legs throbbed with heat because they were bruised. If it's okay with you, I think I'll just go to bed, she said, and then immediately regretted it. She didn't want to extend the duration of this terrible day, 
but neither, but neither did she want to be alone. She could feel her mother wanting to resist. It was unfair to have thought, oh, it was unfair to have thought mom pitied her. Louise knew, if not coming from the experience of living every day with a single mother whose patience and support was surpassed only by her kindness, then from the look on her mother's face in this very moment, the way she held her, wanting to take the pain away, to shield her from the world, that her mother loved her more than anything. That despite her writing and her friends, her interesting and fulfilling life, Miriam Bell would be lost without her daughter. But Louise wasn't sure it was enough anymore, not for her. The older Louise became, the less her mother's love truly comforted her or convinced her that everything would be okay. Mom wasn't wrong. There was more to the world than this horrible little town and the small-minded people in it. But the problem with going somewhere else was that you took yourself with you. She might find a place where there were no Celeste Murphys, where nobody called her, her a freak to her face, but she would always be Louise Bell, pale-skinned lover of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> the one people snickered at behind their hands. All right, I laughed right there, but only because that is a very funny sentence. <laughs> That's how they got you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, I was tricked into bullying. Ugh. With a pain in her heart like a stake. Again, with the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Louise extract, ex extricated her legs from the downy blanket and climbed out of her mother's lap. Good night, she whispered. Good night, her mom whispered back. Louise trudged towards the stairs before her feet could carry her right back to the couch. If she curled up with mom right now, she might never leave her side again. She shouldn't. I know. <laughs> well, honestly, she got, we gotta really figure out this life thing. For real. You gotta, school's hard enough. <laughs> For real. The sound of the notification dragged Louise up from a dream as thick as paste. That sucks. <laughs> I hate when the phone wakes you up. <laughs> Me too. She groped for the laptop, blinked in uh, its disorienting blue light, the part where the twist is coming is coming up. I hope you're as shocked as me. Um, and navigated to the drop-down, showing the activity she'd missed. Jonathan Scant shared a photo. She clicked, no longer half asleep. Her fingers tingled with anticipation. The photo showed the, uh, the, photo showed the folklorist in the corner of a cemetery no bigger than a storage shed. Behind him was a road. To his right, a driveway. The caption read, Young Family Cemetery, Westerly, Rhode Island. In the early 1800s, several members of the Young family died of consumption. The body of Henrietta Young was exhumed on May 8, 1814, and burned in the hope of saving the remaining family members. Westerly, Rhode Island. Westerly, her hometown. <laughs> the way I yelped. Louise squinted hard at the road behind Scant. There, it gets crazier. I was going to say, <laughs> is that the twist? No, there's... A... I'm, like, waiting for it to be, like, the chicken killed them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really good twist. There was a street sign in the top corner. The chicken killed the other girl. <laughs> chicken killed Celeste. Oh, my God. I love that. Okay, there was a street sign in the top right corner of whatever residential street was perpendicular to the road the Young Family Cemetery was off. Louise saved the photo, up to the computer's brightness, and zoomed in. Shoreline Drive. She googled it. Shoreline Drive was off of Shore Road, walking distance from her. Okay, so this is the twist. I can only give you the context because I'm me. Um, that is literally walking distance from where I grew up. That's so fun. Like, I'm going to show you the map, okay? 
It's wild. I was reading this like, no, no. But yes. In Westerly. In Westerly, yes. Not in Exeter. But I thought the whole time. And when she mentioned getting a sandwich from Barley, I should have been like, that's the malted barley, obviously. But I was, I was just like, that's what oh. I thought. I was, well, I was just like, oh, no, it's like another place called Barley in fucking They're all Exeter. just called the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is Shoreline Drive. This is like a real fucking place. And so see, right, if you zoom in, there is a cemetery right there. Oh, that's so Which cool. blew my mind. I never knew that. So that's crazy. That's right there. This is Shore Road. This is my fucking street. You should go. I was about that's to say, do you want to go? go? Do it, yeah. I was like, I could walk there. Mm-hmm. I was so shooketh. I was, as soon as I saw Shoreline Drive, I was like, oh, they're trying to make this, like, fake Shore Road. And then the next two words for Shore Road. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, that's so fun. Literally crazy. So, okay, this is the twist, guys. I know nobody's going to care as much as me. <laughs> But I was just like, so, like, you know, when you're reading something and you just find out that it's um, no, yeah, a block from so where fun. you grew up? <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Okay, so walking distance from her. Louise could hardly believe it. She shut the computer, placed it on the floor beside her bed, and pulled the covers up to her chin. Tomorrow, she would visit the location of a real-life va- vampire exhumation and examine the grounds, the layout, the tombstones. Perhaps there would be something there to indicate... What, what had allowed the Youngs, and Henrietta in particular, to persist into the 21st century? A clue as to what made those buried in the cemetery special. And it's a different name. It was like, it wasn't, like, the name of this cemetery is fiction, because it said something else. Mm-hmm. But I did Google the cemetery. Actually, let me show you, because I took a screenshot. Um, I Googled it. Champlin Wilcox Lot, which is such a westerly name. Um, but you can see they're like little historical headstones. It's like little ones, yeah. So we will have to go. That's fun. I never knew this was there. It's just kind of so crazy. That is cool. Like, That's fuck. a good time. And I know, like, obviously since this, the author of this story is somebody who I know who lives in Westerly, I shouldn't be so shocked. Mm-hmm. I really shouldn't. But it was shocking. It was really cool. Um, excitement tempered into a sense of unfamiliar contentment. The name Henrietta Young repeated like the peeps of the tree tree frogs, oh my god, tree frogs, on a loop through her brain. Eventually, the chorus faded and sleep reclaimed her. Alright, so this is like an interesting like part. She was so excited by the prospect of traveling to the cemetery after school, Louise only remembered poor Brownie when she saw her mother hurrying in from the coop. I moved her into the garage, Mom said, and let the others into the run. I didn't want you to have to see her empty, wow, empty place at the feeder. Louise nodded and slid her lunch into her backpack. I'll help you bury her right when you get home from school. I'm running errands this morning, but I'll meet you here at three, okay? Louise nodded again. And honey? Louise raised her eyes. Are you sure you don't want me to call Principal Bryson? <laughs> Not... Not the principal of Westerly Middle School, by the way. <laughs> Call mom. Literally, yeah. Don't ask your child. You are the parent. Like, yeah. Come on. Like, she's a good mom, but like, there comes a time. She could be better. There's there comes a time where you really just it's a thirteen year old. You gotta you gotta step yeah. up for them. They can't do that themselves. I'm sure Louise said fiercely. Like even just like, I don't know. I we could talk about that forever. But mom sighed. 
All right, have a great day, sweetie. Louise kissed her mother and walked out the door. Her mood swung from anticipation over Scant's post to dread for the impending avian burial. <laughs> what a way to put it. All of it heightened by anxiety at the prospect of running into Celeste. <laughs> Relatable. She was a block from school, which also, like, you can't really walk to Westland Middle School. Like, you can through, like, a back neighborhood, so she must just... Yeah, but you, like, this wouldn't. must be, like, within that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I did that once, and I think I was already... Like, we saw, like, a basketball game at Westland Middle School, and I was, I think, in my freshman year of high school. And it was, like, through... Literally through the woods. And it was just, like, inconvenient. Like, Westerly Middle School is literally off of Route 1. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. random as hell it's not easily you're not a block from school ever <laughs> because mm -hmm. the neighborhood is like a cul-de-sac mm -hmm. behind the school so like i that's just me being a snob <laughs> anyway she was a block from school before she realized she could solve all three problems with the same solution louise had turned had turned and was heading back home before the rational part of her brain could intervene and tell her that this was a bad idea. She had never cut class before. Did it count as cutting if she didn't actually go to school? Louise didn't know. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you decide that that was the reason. Louise didn't this know. This is when you need your mom to tell you what You to are do. cutting school. Yeah. yeah. Louise didn't know, and right now she didn't care. She couldn't face Celeste today. Of that, she was certain. And of all things to skip school for, she imagined mom would be the least upset with her for bailing to explore a piece of New England history. Oh, yeah, if you're lying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're literally not going to school because of the bully. <laughs> yeah. Which is even worse. Exactly. The brownie idea, however, was the riskiest part. She wasn't entirely sure she had the nerve to carry it out. Despite Louise's fervid in interest in Scant's work, his posts were a long way from front page news. The Young Family Cemetery wouldn't attract a single reporter or news fan until perhaps Halloween, when the local paper might do a special interest piece on Scant's macabre finding. Today, Louise could all but guarantee she'd be the only visitor to the cemetery. Because it's literally down in a ditch, by the way. It's literally off a main road, like hidden. Also, everyone's at school. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Because you're ditching Also, school. dude, it's a Friday. Like, people are doing stuff. Um... And as long as she stayed out of sight from the road, she might be okay. As long as you don't get murked by a car. Because people fly on Shore Road also. I would She's know. like, I don't care. I deal with I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hit me. Uh, at the corner of her yard, she peeked around the shrubs. Mom's car was gone, so she must be out already. Running errands before she settled in to write for the afternoon. Louise skulked towards the garage slipped in through the side door and found Brownie wrapped in a rucksack as mom had promised. She stacked her lunch, her lunch and books on the floor and placed the hen's body carefully in her backpack. Yikes. She was out of the yard and back on the road in less than a minute. So why was she so nervous that it would go bad? <laughs> Sounded pretty easy. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, compared <laughs> to all the other things she does. It was beyond the thick, blooming branches of a massive hydrangea at the corner of Moonlight Drive, which is kind of, that's like directly across from where I grew up. Was there hydrangeas? Yeah. I love hydrangeas. It's also, like, that is such a, there's like five houses on that road. It's so short. So if she lives there, your mom is doing pretty good with her writing. Like, it's a pretty nice neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, at the corner of Moonlight Drive and Shore Road, that she walked smack into Cameron, St uh, Cameron Straub. He yelped, blushed, and smiled when his eyes fell on Louise. 
Is that the boy this that she boy, wants to have sex with this corpse? Yep. Is the rumor mill? This boy is like obsessed with her, you'll hear. This boy is like, I heard you want to have sex with my corpse, and that's the hottest <laughs> thing ever. This 13 year old boy is like, oh my god, let's do it. <laughs> Literally. All he heard was sex. <laughs> Honestly, and he heard but nothing else. But isn't that just how yes, men's brains work at any stage of their life? That fuck you, Celeste. Oh, yeah. It worked against you. Yeah, seriously. Cameron, <laughs> she didn't ask the question. I'm going to take that back. Cameron, Louise breathed. Why aren't you in school? His smile widened. I can ask you the same question, especially since you're walking in the wrong direction. <laughs> I'm, what, what could she say? She shifted position on the sidewalk. There's no sidewalk. Uh, making sure <laughs> to face Cameron head on. She'd left the top portion of her backpack open. The last thing she needed was Cameron seeing a dead chicken staring at him over her shoulder. That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. Let me guess, Cameron said, his face clouding over. You're skipping... Fucking course. <laughs> Yikes. You're just out here. You're skipping because you wanted a day off from Celeste and her clique of mean girls. Relief and validation spread through Louise's chest and right up the back of her neck. It was this warmth that gave her the courage to answer truthfully. Yeah, I needed a break. <laughs> So let me join you. What? <laughs> I'm late already. He's like, are we gonna have sex? He's like, <laughs> I honestly feel like that's why. He's like, yeah, but, but okay. So literally, I'm late already. Cameron's grin turned lopsided, and Louise felt the warmth flush into her cheeks. You can't. Why not? Louise looked at her feet. You wouldn't understand. Try me. Louise said nothing. Seriously, can you don't speak. <laughs> yeah, you can't give exactly. You can't give anybody something that they can use against you if you just don't talk. Mm -hmm. Which is how you avoid things. Yeah, I know, right? Um, seriously, try me. Celeste told me about how you go to graveyards where people in the eighteen hundreds were dug up and stuff. She thought it would gross me out, but I think it's cool. She de he definitely is like. She also said this one thing. <laughs> she also <about> said. <laughs> She's also said that you are beautiful and will fuck me. <laughs> Literally. Your mom wrote a book, right? About Rhode Island, the, uh, the one about Rhode Island vampire girls. <laughs> she did, Louise said. Still, I'm not sure you'd. Seriously, Lou, I want to come with you. Cameron's earnestness temporarily stunned her, as did the nickname he'd apparently I made up for her on the spot. I know. She, oh, he's a fuckboy. Oh, I was like, he's obsessed with her. No, he just wants to fuck her. Whatever. This is the nicest interaction she's had other than her mom in this entire story. It makes me stressed out, though. It stresses me out. Like he's going to break her heart. Don't let it stress you out. It's fine. Promise. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, she said after another moment. You really want to know where I'm going? Yes. This folklorist, Jonathan Scant, wrote on Facebook that his latest discovery is a vampire exhumation site in Westerly, Offshore Road. I'm going there now to dot, dot, dot. She hesitated and then pushed forward to bury my chicken. <laughs> she died last night. I don't want to laugh, but that's just kind of funny. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's a little funny. It's a lot. Like, put that on a bingo card of, like, a conversation. Like, upon, like, amongst all of the other weird shit somebody can say. Well, it does, like, unfortunately... She's been bullied, and this, and this, the other girl was saying how she's such a fucking weirdo to this boy. So it just, it's, it's like, 
I'm burying my chicken. I'm skipping school to go bury my chicken. Chicken at a vampire (laughs) cemetery. It's kind of just a little crazy. Um, What the hell are you doing? A voice inside her head screamed. I'm not sure why, really, she added hastily. And I'm going to bury her on the perimeter of the graveyard, in case you think it's disrespectful or something. I just, I just wanted to see what would happen, I guess. She does sound crazy. I know. He goes. Like, I'm supportive, but, like, it is, it's it's a lot to take in. He goes, you need a shovel. (laughs) (laughs) He's obsessed with her. She goes, huh? He gestured to her hands, which were empty of everything except mercy. Also, she's still carrying around a doll. Why doesn't she have a shovel? I don't, maybe she was just going to dig it with her hands. I don't know. I didn't find that very... Like, that's normal. Uh, to me, that's, like, the first thing you do. She did this on a whim. Yard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He gestured to her hands. Where, where, and there, and there, oh. She pulled the doll out while she'd been walking. A shovel. If you're going to dig a grave, my house is half a block that way. We can grab one on our way. He turned and started walking. Louise followed. She didn't say anything until after she'd stopped in his driveway and Cameron retrieved a shovel and a vicious-looking box cutter. In case there were vines, Cameron said. Which is like, I feel like if there were vines, you could probably just use the shovel. No? I don't know. I don't know. I guess it depends what kind of vines they yeah. are. I, what vines are you encountering? Just, have we scoped the place out yet? I kind of know the area. What kind of vines are there? Mm, regular ones? Like ivy? It's just, you don't need a box cutter. You're going to be okay. Like thorns? Maybe thorns. You can avoid them, though. They're avoidable. Um, and they were back on the sidewalk, which doesn't exist. <laughs> Why are you helping me? She pushed, she pushed Mercy back into her pocket. He turned to look at her, brow creased, but did not stop walking. The same reason why I tried to talk to you in English all the time, Louise, because I like you. I've liked you since the fifth grade. In fact, I was going to ask you to the dance before class is let out today, but I guess I can just do it now. So will you go with me? I know it's last minute, but I was nervous and kept putting it off. Okay, so it is endearing, but it does seem too good to be true. I understand where you're because it from. is like suddenly. Yeah, exactly. All suddenly of a sudden, you said you heard she wants to have sex with you. Yeah, you're a corpse. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he's like hoping that she'll kill him. <laughs> he's like, you know what? Some some sex is better than no sex. Oh, uh, not when you're 13, guys. Well, I get I mean, we can't slut shame. Do whatever you want. I don't know. boy hormones. Yeah, exactly. She goes, you're serious. Yes. Why would I joke about something like that? They turned down a shore road and Louise saw it. The street sign for Shoreline Drive. They are walking on like one of the most dangerous curves of that entire street. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. Anyway, which meant the Young Family Cemetery was right across from it, shaded by a, a a copse of pines. If I go with you, Celeste will lose it. She'll go after you as much as she does me. She'll... Well, she'll... Maybe you guys could, like, team up together and take that shovel and just... <laughs> Literally. Just whack with it. I don't know. Louise needed to impress upon Cameron the seriousness of what, she, of what he was suggesting. I don't care about Celeste. <laughs> nobody, Damn. Nobody should. <laughs> Ugh, nobody should. She sighed. Not a single car had passed... <laughs> Since they turn on the show, I think Celeste is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) This, honestly, there is just something about spooky bitches. Like, you know what I mean? 
Um, and aside from the metallic chip of a cardinal, a metallic chip of a cardinal. Why was the cardinal? Must be really nice cardinals down there. Damn. Somewhere above their heads, everything was quiet. Louise stopped in front of the cemetery. It was nestled about six feet below the road. They'd have to climb a small embankment to enter it. Her heart beat palpably. Her stomach sank in conjunction with the sudden noticeable weight of her backpack. Yikes. <laughs> she turned to Cameron. I'll go to the dance with you. <laughs> she felt lightheaded and started down the embankment before he could notice her shakiness. When she risked a look behind her, Cameron was grinning and hurried to follow. That's wholesome. That's wholesome. Henrietta Young's plot was at the center of the cemetery. Her tombstone was difficult to read. I'll come back and take a rubbing, Louise thought. Bring the cannon power shot mom got me for Christmas and take some photos. A little like spooky chaser, like crazy. Um, Cameron joined her beside a pair of graves belonging to Hen Henrietta's parents. Did you find what you came for? He asked. Whatever it was that made these people special? Louise had to refrain from reaching for Cameron's hand. So touched was she by his perceptiveness. It's that you and I are here in the, in the first place, she said. It's that the Youngs were remembered and named all these years later. So yes, I did find it. And you helped. Thank you. That's not all I came to help with, he said. He walked. <laughs> sounds a little. I know. A little. I'm just waiting for it to the take ball a turn. To drop. I know. He walked to a stretch of grass by a vine. Oh, there are vines. A vine-choked wrought iron f uh, fence and held up the shovel. Is right here okay? You don't have to dig the hole for me. I know, but I want to. Louise sighed. <laughs> okay, then yes, that spot's perfect. Cameron set to work, splitting the earth with the silver blade of the shovel. When the hole was three feet deep, Louise put a hand on his arm. She pulled back, shocked that he'd had the nerve to touch him, but he looked up, brushed a lock of his hair from his face, and said, I was just thinking this is probably a good depth. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Everything he's saying is a little... Suspicious. Yeah. Anyway, Louise knelt and shrugged off her backpack. She inched Brownie's corpse from her bag, careful to not upset the upset her mother's careful work with the rucksack. She laid Brownie down in the soft brown earth, stood and jerked when Cameron took her hand. To being remembered, Cameron said. To being remembered, she echoed. Goodbye, Brownie. <laughs> I'm not, I don't mean to laugh every time because we talk like, about the chicken. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> Poor Brownie. R.I.P. Brownie. As Cameron replaced the dirt, Louise wandered through the cemetery again, pausing to trail her fingers over the arch of Henrietta's tombstone. By the time Cameron was done and she'd placed a handful of purple and orange irises on the small mound, Louise was surprised by how good she felt. How calm. So, should we go to school now? Cameron asked. <laughs> I think we have to. Students who are absent the day, of, uh, the day of can't go to the dance. What do I do with the shovel? And this, he asked, balancing the box cutter on a rung of the wrought iron fence. Leave them, Louise said. I'll be here again soon. I'll get them and come back to you. I'll get them back to you. I don't know what I just made up in my brain. Uh, Cameron shrugged, leaned the shovel against the fence, and climbed the embankment. He turned and offer offered her his hand. Louise took it. It was still hot from working the, <laughs> the digging of the hole. Ooh. Hot like the now. She likes it cold though, like yeah, a corpse. Like, exactly. Oh god. Hot like the now mid morning sun and like her cheeks. Ooh. <laughs> she seemed <laughs> it seemed to want 
to sever her connection to the coolness of the shaded, quiet cemetery. She let it. Okay, so here we're at another time jump. They had made it to Westerly Middle by the third period. Also, again, with the neighborhood, whatever, it doesn't matter. Cameron had snuck into study hall, but Louise decided to go to the front office and tell them she was late due to the death of a pet. Mrs. Davis was sympathetic and said nothing about calling Louise's mother to confirm. She, I know. The, all these adults are very much just like it's bystanders. Fairly odd parent vibes. Oh, so true. Good That's observation. That's what I think of all the time. I think of parents that are just like not available. Absent and just like not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. My mom gives a fuck, but like she could be doing a little bit more, you know? I mean, the girl is getting almost beaten. Beat. She could get beaten to death at this rate. It's I'm just being realistic. I know, right? They're taking branches and they're like whipping her i know she has black and yellow bruises like that's a little she even breathe. i know i know when it was I easier care. to breathe i walked down the hall right? <laughs> like damn um she gave louise a note for her third period teacher and that was that now four hours later louise stood in front of her mirror holding up the black dress the black gauzy dress she could see mom perched on the edge of her bed in the uh, reflection smiling at her but there was a hint of weariness behind that smile. Oh, but was there a hint of weariness behind that smile? Thank you for getting this for me, for me, Louise said. It's perfect. It was the least I could do with all my extra time this afternoon. Damn. <laughs> of not calling your principal. <laughs> and not having a chicken. Yeah. I still don't know why you wouldn't have waited for me to help you with brownie. I just wanted to get it over with, Louise said quickly. She hated lying, but didn't want to, didn't see another option. Luckily, her mother had decided to stay out. That's the only option. (laughs) Right? Luckily, her mother had decided to stay out after running errands and log her afternoon writing hours in a cafe across town. So her mom ditched her? I don't know. I I know the death of your child. I know we're trying to like like the mom. The mom is like, you know what's better than burying a chicken? (laughs) Going to a cafe and writing, (laughs) getting a coffee. After school, Louise had created a makeshift and vacant gravesite by turning over a small patch of dirt behind the coop and topping it with a rock from the garden. Damn. She then called mom and said she'd been asked to the dance but had nothing to wear. Priorities. <laughs> will Celeste be there? Well, will Celeste be there? Mom asked suddenly. Why do you care, mom? Yeah. Why do you care? Yeah, why do you- why do you care? Why do you care? Mm-hmm. She's, she's at school every day. <laughs> do you care about that? You care about a dance, but not like geometry? <laughs> Come on. You don't care about English class where I'm being bullied? <laughs> Ugh. I don't know, Louise lied for the second time. There will be chaperones at the dance, Louise. Will you make me a promise that if Celeste starts to give you a hard time, you'll tell one of them what's going on and ask for help? Sure, mom, Louise said. <laughs> mom was like, don't tell me about it. Yeah. Tell somebody else. <laughs> don't, don't come to me. <laughs> no, I won't do anything. <laughs> Louise. No, I will. I promise. And besides, I'll be with Cameron. Nothing's going to happen. Mom still looked worried, but Louise distracted her by posing for pictures. <laughs> by just... <laughs> <laughs> by doing the disco. Uh, <laughs> by telling her about the new grave she found. Louise distracted her by posing for pictures in her dress and black platform shoes, first on the stairs, then in the foyer. Mom, she protested when her mother proposed moving to the garden for a few more shots. 
I can't help shots. it. You look so pretty. Shots to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shots. Come on, <laughs> daughter. Let's do shots. Come on, 13-year-old. Um, I can't help it. You look so pretty. So grown up. Louise twirled, sending the knee-length fabric long enough to hide the bruises on her thighs, <laughs> billowing. She'd given nothing away by... Uh, by... Nothing... Hold on. She'd given nothing by way of instructions in picking it out, but mom had come home with the most perfect dress possible anyway. It reminded Louise of the dress Mercy wore, all spider spiderweb lace and a collar that cut across her sternum like rows of teeth. Are you sure I can't drive you? <laughs> <laughs> mom asked. She's wearing a lacy dress. I don't know. I guess so. It does sound a little... You want to know what I wore to my end of year dance? At Westerly Middle School. What? <laughs> um, this dress that I got from Express that I got in two colors. It was, I wore the blue one, but I got it in like a electric blue and then a hot pink. And it was a spaghetti stripe. It was the dress I wore when I first wore a thong ever. Mm-hmm. Somehow decided to do that with the, for my middle school dance. Don't know why. End of year dance. And it had like, uh, it was like an elastic like ruched bottom but it was like nice like loose fitting and it was really cute um but I did jump at the dance and the elastic was so like bouncy that I jumped and I think the entire thing came up to like here (laughs) I know so I was wearing a thong probably flashed everybody in middle school cool beans right so I didn't wear a lacy dress but it was still kind of slutty mine was not slutty we had a lot of rules oh and my mom was like, there's rules and I'm going to one-up them. <laughs> You're going in a and total was, nun outfit. <laughs> yeah. Mine was from JCPenney. Oh, I did like it, though. school dances were from I did like it, though. Like, we did settle on something. But it did, it did have, like, a three-finger strap. And it was, and it was like, fitted but flowy. So it was fun. Yeah. And then it, it was white. And it had, like, a light blue and light green leaves on it. Ooh. And it had, like, brown straps. So it was, like... Earthy. Earthy. And yeah. actually, one of my really good friends wore the same dress <gasps> that day. I had such a, like, I, I could talk about, together. I could talk about, like, what I wore to dances. I didn't go to a lot of dances in high school, because I was going through my I phase where either. I was like, dancers are lame, I hate all of you. <laughs> I just didn't really. I, I went to, I think, two dances other than my proms uh, in high school. Maybe three. Uh, but in middle school, and, like, my father-daughter dances in, like, elementary school... I loved getting dressed up for those. And I I also had a friend who wore a, the same dress as me to a dance. We used to so, have, in elementary school, we would have, like, the YMCA dances um, on Friday nights. And I was really into that. We used to go to that. And I would always get, like, a new outfit. And then in middle school, they had these things called the church dances, which was, like, oh at a church. But I, it was not my church. And my mom was actually very anti it. I think it was because my brothers went and she heard the stories. But the they church, didn't go The church lot. kids are always the sluttiest. Well, my neighbor, was she was really slutty. And she was, no like, offense five to years, that. We're not slut-shaming. She was but five years true. older than me. And I feel like she really, like, actually did the worst. Did and then she had best friends that did it. And my mom heard all about it because she's really close to their family, so... Oh my god. I wasn't allowed to go. Middle schoolers are so Which horny. Which is fine. I didn't really care. That I didn't really care about. Right. Alright, well after that debrief on our school dances. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is interesting though. Did I go back a page? No. Nope, I didn't. Okay. 
Louise. <laughs> no, I will, I promise. And besides, I'll be with Cameron, nothing's gonna happen. Mom still looked worried, but Louise distracted her, but no, I already read all that. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Are you sure I can't drive you, Mom asked. I told you, Cameron's meeting me a block from school. I need why to walk, they, Mom. Why are they always a block from school? She has like, all the freedom. <laughs> I would be like, Cameron, come to my house. We're walking together. Don't leave me alone. Um, my mom just wouldn't let me walk. Uh, my mom does. would be my like, we are still driving. like, I'm, you're not walking there. The, oh. I'm like, Mom, I'm 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> let me drive you. Um, I told you, Cameron's meeting me a block from school. Louise pulled the platforms off, slipped them into a small shoulder bag, and wiggled her feet into her converse for the walk. I know, but it's such a special occasion. You could call, tell him I'll pick him up, and drop you both by the football field. There is no football field. <laughs> there is a field, though, so I guess I'm just being petty. Mm. Um, the way That way you could still walk in together, and she stopped when she saw the look Louise was giving her. All right, I'm sorry, I understand. You need some independence. Just be careful, okay? I will. Thanks, Mom. And you're picking us up at 9.30, so I'll see you then. See you then, Mom replied. Louise threw her arms around her mother, kissed her on the cheek, and ran for the door. Outside, the air was thick with the smell of meadow, rue, and bluebells. It was another hour until dusk, but the light was still diffused, the sun having lost its claim on the day. Louise walked quickly, her mind full of everything the day had been and everything it still might be. She fingered Mercy's black yarn hair in her pocket. Yikes. Word choice. <laughs> because Miriam Bell was not the type of woman to purchase a dress without pockets and wondered how the gymnasium might be decorated. When I was at Westerly Middle School, we had dances in the cafeteria. Ours was too. Because it had windows. The gym did not have windows. Anyway, me being petty. <laughs> we did too. Right. We had a whole wall. It was just clear. Oh, that's awesome. It was designed to be based off of a California high school. So oh, I remember you really saying this. all the time. <laughs> because it was not California. Yeah, so it was just like, like the windows were like the whole wall of glass you could see outside. Every time I you talk know. about the design and like your high school experience of the building, I'm just like... Why? I know, and it's like, Why? and they literally tore it down, like, the sum after we graduated, so it does feel like, it just feels they like realized. a very distant memory. Like <laughs> That's so crazy. What a fucking choice that is. Um, she didn't even know the theme of the dance. That's how certain she'd been before this morning that she wouldn't be attending. And still, and she still wasn't sure how There's she was. No way she avoided the theme of the dance and going to school. It's because she didn't go to school. That's why <laughs> she. The, they always blast. Is that it everywhere. skipping school if you just don't go? <laughs> <laughs> what a philosophical <laughs> approach. Is it skipping class if I skip all of school? <laughs> if I just like never ever show up. Um, and she still wasn't sure how she was attending, how the day had shifted and reformed to become something so different from the one that had preceded it. She'd been in so much pain last night, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Well, according to her mom, she was totally fine. <laughs> Just about the chicken. So, I don't know. The attack. The despair. Her, her certainty that her mom pit uh, pitied her. The death of her poor chicken. Her chicken. She brought Brownie to the Young Family Cemetery to determine what made those those buried in cemeteries where exhumations had occurred well i can't fucking read had occurred where legends had been forged special mike cameron's acceptance of her 
have helped to kickstart the cemetery's magic. Magic. <laughs> Thinking of Cameron seemed to have conjured him from the heady air, for when she looked up, she saw him waiting at the end of the street. It was too far to call out, and he hadn't seen her yet. She picked up her pace and was almost at a jog when a dark shape flew out from a shrub-lined yard, catching her in the chest and throwing her off her feet. She landed on her back on the sidewalk with enough force for the sky above her to wink to black. When her vision cleared, she was being rolled onto her stomach and then pulled into the yard from which the shape had come. This is why you don't go walking at, at night alone. It's not even night. It's broad daylight. Whatever. Just stop walking I alone. Know. As blades of grass smeared her cheeks and her beautiful black dress scrunched up around her waist, yikes, the sky shuddered again, then disappeared. All right time jump she was inside in a basement the concrete was warm on her feet i know this is why this is the this is the this term. is why i'm like the mom isn't that great <laughs> the mom should have just been like we are driving yes uh she was inside in a basement the concrete was warm on her feet no not concrete her pink had been forced into shoes concrete that were not hers. warm on your feet ever it's the opposite it's her feet had been forced into shoes that were not hers. Shiny pink heels. There were thick white stockings on her legs, over which hung the skirt of a bubble bu- bu- bubblegum bubble pink sequiny dress. Louise had tried to reach down for it, but her arms were pinned, stuck. She squirmed. There was something pressed against her back. It moved, swung. She swung with it. Ribs, a ribs pressed out by whatever was behind her. She looked up. Her wrists were bound to the metal chain of a heavy bag. The leather at the top chafed the skin of her forearms. She stretched her feet, but her toes were at least six inches from the ground. Louise let out a small whimper, and her cry elicited motion from the other side of the room. Celeste, Megan Fitzgerald, again spelt wrong, and Kim and Cara Russo had their backs to her. Even so, she could see that they were ready for the dance. Celeste looked like a dream in her lace body. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Our priorities are like not just <laughs> no, straight not the like right in, in the story at all. <laughs> literally. They're literally not straight. <laughs> Celeste looked like a dream in her lace bodice bod- bodiced, bodiced dress, the skirt of which was patterned with marigold and sapphire covered petals. She was leaning over a palette of makeup, dabbing at a bronze hue of blush. What's going on? Well, <laughs> Louise she's managed. Someone... Oh. I'm just like, how do three 13-year-old girls, A, have the minds to come up mom? with this? Exactly. That's probably the trauma that caused all of their hate. But, like, how do you even come up with this? And then secondly, how do you execute it? You're all probably... 85 pounds and like how do you get somebody six inches off the ground even if there's four of you when you're 13 any desire to like tie someone up and have them sit with them. <laughs> you know what i, I mean? don't like, hate anybody this there, much there's not if i hate them i don't want what them near me around? like go exactly away. what it, what is the fucking why anyway celeste grinned but did not look up we're giving you a makeover you didn't, <laughs> that just is so like loaded with so I don't even know. You didn't think that you could go to the dance with Cameron DeMarco in that hideous black dress, did you? Louise whimpered I feel like, again. Did you think you could 
<laughs> like drug me and kidnap me and I drag me through so, the ground. They clearly like threw a rock at her too. Like <laughs> knocked her out. And then they basically stripped her. The, well, yes. She's wearing a different outfit. Including stockings. Which like, again, why would you want to do that to one of your peers when you're 13? I can't think of like, anything Like, what do you worse. get out of this? I don't know. Um, Louise whimpered again and Celeste jerked around to glare at her. Seriously, Louise, we're helping you out here. Making sure you don't embarrass yourself. You should be grateful for all the attention. <laughs> Good God. Here is Louise's mother. I know. <laughs> Celeste stalked over to where Louise was tied, brush raised. Come on, she barked, and the others quickly followed. Without further instruction, four different instruments were applied to her face. Celeste dug the blush into her cheeks. Kara smashed dry, crumply lipstick onto her mouth. Megan pressed an eyeshadow wand into the creases of one of her eyelids. And Kim scribbled a, pe- a pencil Kim liner. took a knife and just, <laughs> and just shoved it through her. <laughs> That's like what it feels like. I know, it's just going to get progressively worse until they're actually... Oh, yikes. Kim scribbled a pencil liner painfully across the opposite eye. Great way to actually poke somebody's eye out. Like, that's fucked up. I don't think they care about that anymore. I don't think these girls have souls. <laughs> Damn. A minute passed. Celeste stepped back, and the girls dropped their arms, looking to their leader. Also, big red flag for any cliques that actually have a leader. That is the scariest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I can't think of any one. Like, we didn't really have... Did you have, like, an experience like that in middle school or high, or high school? There was definitely, like, the popular girl. But were they, like, a leader? My favorite popular girl was actually really, really nice. And her Same. friends were bitches. Oh. And then I got to know her, too, because she wasn't that smart. Oh. So we were in, like, dumb classes together. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like, like, the really, like, the, the ones class. that are so, such small classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I, was oh, in a, you're I was in a couple of those. They were mostly math. Yeah, and so she was in that, too, because she wasn't that good. So we would have good conversations. Those are some of the my fondest. And then memories. I just think of cheerleading, which yes, yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Really was like that. Yikes. Um. Okay. This is a cheerleading hate podcast. <laughs> oh, it really is. Celeste stepped back, and the girls dropped their arms, looking to their leader. Grab that, Celeste said and pointed. <laughs> Kim scurried the to knife. the far. <laughs> I know. Kim scurried to the far wall the and chicken. retrieved. They tuck it up and they're gonna Aww. throw it on there. That's what the vibes though. Kim scurried to the far wall and retrieved a cheap over-the-door mirror. Celeste ripped it from Kim's hands, walked over to the center of the room, and held it up in front of Louise. She tried to tell herself it didn't matter, that she was tied up in an unknown basement. That she was tied up in an unknown basement was far more dire than her parents, which I would have to agree. (laughs) (laughs) I love the little bit of self-awareness. I know. Then the dismantling of her and her mother's work to make her look so pretty, but she couldn't help it. The sight of her face, the horrible makeup, the ridiculous frilly pink dress that looked to have been the product of an over-the-top dance recital, tears welled in Louise's eyes. She was folly incarnate. All of her hopes and excitement were reflected back to her in the mirror as the distorted and clownish reality that they were. Yikes. This girl really needs to go to like. Uh, they all need to. Everybody like, needs to. Well, now I think she needs to go to prison because <laughs> I think she's doing some like she's kidnapping people. <laughs> yeah, 
and it, like literally beating them, physically harming them to death. Yeah, and harassing. I was stalking. So, stalking. She could. She would do well in jail. <laughs> I, I just really no, feel like she would be somebody's bitch in jail, but she deserves to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cameron probably got tired of waiting for you by now. Celeste said. So he just hates you. <laughs> but, like, yeah, that's what she's trying to do. Celeste said, but I'm sure he'll be thrilled to see you when you walk in like this. I mean, it's such an improvement from your earlier look. She turned to Megan. Get her down. We have to go. <laughs> like, what? Cam and Kara lifted Louise up while Megan, st- again, like, I don't know how they're she doing this. She needs to scream. I mean, yeah. For- Where are the parents? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, Louise, uh, well, Megan stood on a chair and fumbled with the binds. Louise felt the pressure around her wrists loosen before Kim and Kara released her and she plunged to the floor. She lifted her head, attempted to plead with them to beg to tell her how to get home. But the girl, probably just leave. <laughs> but the girl, again, I shouldn't have said that. That's, it's quite traumatizing, this whole situation. Uh, but the girls fled the room without neither a sound nor a backwards glance. The overhead fluorescent flickered. God, it's like all such a horror movie. Louise closed her eyes. I know, seriously. Also, you're getting ready in your basement with concrete floors and fluorescent lighting. You guys are going to look like clowns too. (laughs) Oh, I don't think like they're popular. I don't think that they're popular. I think Louise just thinks they're popular. (laughs) Probably. I feel like everyone... It's all perception. These girls are fucking crazy. Awful people. Okay. First, the concrete. Then the stairs. Porch, yard, sidewalk, street. One pink heel fell away. Whoa. whoa. (laughs) One pink heel fell away and then the other. She thought she would feel the school and Cameron disintegrating, fading behind her with every step. But all she felt was a dizzying, achy anticipation propelling her forward. She wasn't sure how long she'd lain on the uh, basement floor, but the night had descended. An owl hooted. Cars whizzed by and she turned her face away from the headlights whenever they passed. The distance between houses grew longer. The spring peepers took up their chorus. The sensation of... You just left this girl in her house? Yeah. Which is like, don't... First of all, you just fucking humiliated this girl. You're leaving her in the place where you keep all your stuff? Dumb. Where are the parents? I would shake her bed. Yeah. I would do something extreme. Something. Pee, pee everywhere. Pee everywhere. Do something gross. Read her diary and post on Facebook. <gasps> something. Yeah. See? Or just like post on Facebook. Guess what this bitch did to me. And like that's something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, Celeste, you're an awful person. Like, just like, okay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I started a sentence and then I turned the page. The sensation of mucus and tears on her face, the gravel on her feet, the pain in her heart. One by one, they diminished to numbness. The embankment came up more quickly than she expected. She stumbled down it, tearing the stockings, her skin. Twigs and acorns dug into her knees, the palms of her hands. She used, to, she used the trunk of a nearby tree to claw her way to her feet. Henrietta's gravestone loomed murkily from the shadows. Louise went to it and clenched the lynchin-covered stone with both hands. She wrenched her mouth open and screamed into the night. The cry now. Like, say something. (laughs) The crickets and tree frogs quieted. The leaves ceased their rustling. Something behind her, however, grew louder than than quieter. A scratching, and then a fluttering, from over by the wrought iron fence. 
She reeled and then lurched forward, eyes roving in the haze of a nearby streetlight, searching for Brownie's grave. The shovel was where she and Cameron had left it, but the grave was no longer a grave. It was an open hole and leading away from it were scratches in the ground. A few feet past the scratches, two chestnut red feathers gleamed in the moonlight. If Brownie had risen from the cemetery, if Henrietta, Hen if Henrietta had 200 years earlier, Perhaps she could too. The box cutter gleamed on oh, top of the, post, the fence post. And I'm just gonna leave it from here because she ends up, unfortunately. Ugh. Yeah. But that's not even surprise. Like, this as is soon just as I saw that, say, yeah, it was, I was like, oh, it really took a dark turn. So, yeah. Bullying, when it's. Bullying your favorite celebrity into releasing Cruel Summer as a single? Oh, I don't think anybody's thinking about that right that now. That works. <laughs> Actual bullying, guys, don't do it. It kills. Well, people who listen to us don't do that. I know. But but PSA, you Or know? just, you know what, if you see something, say, say something. Say something. Like, do something. And don't listen if someone sometimes says it's no big deal. Yeah. Because if it's no big deal, then it's no big deal if you do something about Notice it. Notice the signs, advocate for people, and show up when it's necessary and don't let your friends like go places alone i know and even if they are pale vampire obsessed freaks <laughs> i am too bitch oh my god so yeah so that happens um and then there's like an end to it um so it's one year later miriam bell walks lost in a memory she can almost feel her daughter's small hand in hers the path to louise's headstone is almost as familiar as to her now as the way her, their fingers had fit together. The sky is clear, the sun is strong. The sound of a lawnmower on the other side of the cemetery keeps her from becoming unmoored. Each step is a bargain, a risk, a blade. Louise's plot overlooks the river, but only the only one who ever sits here is Miriam. After a year, her daughter has disappeared from the minds of everyone but her mother. Sure. Sucks I know, this is awful. I just, it's not that, I'm like just getting more frustrated, which is why I'm cracking jokes, but it's because I'm so frustrated. I know, it. I know. I'm it, like, just, this just didn't have to happen. It is such a good story. Um, honestly, I could probably just leave it there because it's really just like sadness from here on out. It's, but like the, the supernatural part of it is over. So like mm -hmm. the chicken came back to life. Ooh. You know? <laughs> But the person still died, yeah. so, you know. Well, does she come back to life? No, because Miriam is at her, and it's, it's a different cemetery. I know which one it is. It's a different one. But, um. So that, listen. I know. That, did, she should have gotten arrested for murder? Everything. Yeah. I know, yeah, the, there's no ending to, like, well, what I'm to Celeste. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> I hope that there was some reckoning for her because what an asshole. But guys, this is like, you know what? Yes, it has the element of like Mercy Brown and, and the the scariness of like being, well, it's scariness, but like being a 13 year old. And the scariness of being a 13 year old. Like psychotic other 13 year olds. But like there is like an actual, a lot of these stories, a lot of the urban legends, a lot of the stuff that people are drawn to like that end up having dark stories that actually happen to real people kind of like this even though it's fiction like it, it this happens mm -hmm. often so 
I really enjoy this book a lot. We Are Providence. It's a bunch of short stories and it's all based on actual places. And I chose that one because of Mercy Brown and it ended up being about Westerly. Just that is funny. Fucking hilarious, honestly. Small state. It was a fun surprise for my, my Monday morning. Um, but there's a couple in here. I tried to find one about Newport because I thought there was one in here. I think the one that they were kind of alluding to about Carrie Mansion was um, one about Jamestown, actually. It was like a place on Jamestown. Um, but there's a lot of really great stories in here, and they're all, if they're not Rhode Island authors, they are people who lived in Rhode Island and found inspiration That's in it. That's so fun. I know. It's, it's very, very cool. So mm -hmm. highly recommend if you guys are into spooky shit like us. Uh, it's a it's a fun little read. It's a good time. And I very much enjoy learning about the history, the actual history of Rhode Island, but also the spooky side. I think it's a very haunted place. Mm -hmm. And I am obsessed with that. Yeah. So. That's fun stuff. But yeah. Good story. Gripping, even. A lot. A lot of thoughts. <laughs> Ugh, Celeste. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever hated a fictional character Seriously, more. Seriously, <laughs> I, I, I haven't. It's giving 13 Reasons Why, kind of. Yes. Yeah. But, like, a little... Well, I don't know. I don't want to compare the two. They're both very sad. Anyway. <laughs> Guys, we're most of the way through Spooky Summer. Mm-hmm. What's our next episode even going to be about? Oh, that's a surprise to you <laughs> and me. Oh, that's a mystery for another day. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, follow us on everything, guys. Uh, email us at havingavodkapod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at havingavodka. Um, We're about to hopefully post our Nashville vlog, even though that was a month and a half ago. Uh, but it is very funny. So if you are a big Swifty and want to see us be feral in Nashville... It's funny. It's hilarious. Um, I enjoy it a lot. So highly recommend our own lives. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. And we Yee. will see you next week. Love you guys. Love you guys. Ding. Cheers. Enjoy the rest of your vodka. Bye.